0: I think it's important that we take a second tonight, enjoy it, um, you know, for the players, they'll probably take a day tomorrow and enjoy it. And the coaches will kind of move on and start working on Boston tomorrow. But I think organizationally, our fans, our city, everybody, um, it's a good night for Milwaukee. It's a good night for the Bucks. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Finally did it. Finally happened. Bucks winning their first playoff series since 2001. I was three years old. I had just... Turned three years old, right? 1998, 99, 2000, whatever. I was tiny. I was young. I don't remember. I was not watching sports the last time the Bucs won a playoff series back in 2001. A very special moment last night for the Bucs. Special moment for the city of Milwaukee. As Coach Budenholzer said, they beat the Pistons 127-104 to complete the sweep. And Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, led the way. He had 40. One last night. And done uh, nah, Kumpo. Yes, exactly. 41 points for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, and I'm not going to lie. I celebrated. I loved it. I had a blast. I soaked it in. I was reading about it. I was watching highlights. I was excited to hop on here today and do the show. I've been looking forward to it. But last night I was bored. Last night I was frustrated. Last night was not an enjoyable night for me. And I'm kind of a hypocrite. Uh, I, I kind of played myself in this whole ordeal because if you remember... Those who were listening, with about five minutes to go in last night's show, I said, yeah, the Bucs are going to win, and I was 100% sure of that, and I was not worried for a single moment last night that I would have to come on here and talk about a Game 5. That wasn't the problem. I, I, last night, said at the end of the show that the Bucs are going to win, it is probably going to be a blowout, uh, and the Pistons probably, especially in the second half, will not put up a good fight, and it probably won't be a pretty game to watch. But sit down and enjoy it. Sit down and have fun. Soak it in because we've waited years. We've waited decades for this, for the right head coach, for the right superstar, for the right role players, for the right for the brand new arena. How long has Milwaukee waited for this? Sit down and enjoy it, even though it's it's it sure is done because it was. And I sat down last night with that attitude, and this game it it it, it beat me up. It took it out of me last night watching this game. Because the first half was ugly and the refereeing was ugly. And I'm not saying it benefited one side or the other, but everything was a foul and everybody was on the line and play kept getting stopped. And I'm just, let the game play out. The Bucks are going to win. We know what's going to happen. Just let it happen so I can do something else. Because at about 9, 9.30 last night as this game's wrapping up, I'm saying, oh my goodness, I want to do something else. I want to switch over to the Brewers, although they were getting creamed and we're not even going to talk about that today. I don't have the energy. I don't have the patience for that. They got hosed by the Cardinals. But I wanted to do something else. I was so over this game last night uh, when it came on. I knew how it was going to end. I knew how it should end. Nobody get hurt. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of Detroit. Let's get back to Milwaukee and let's start getting ready for Boston because just uh, just about everybody in the NBA landscape, every NBA fan is over this series and we're already talking about Milwaukee and Boston. And I did not enjoy last night's game because I found the NBA broadcast obnoxious. If you follow me on Twitter at Keystroker Grant, you will know just that because every comment made last night was either about the fact that Blake Griffin was fighting through an injury, which is, I'm not downplaying that. That was impressive. That was gritty. That was gutty, but... Goodness gracious talk about something else. And then, of course, uh, the standby, the classic, just wait until Giannis gets a jump shot. Just wait until Giannis, how, how good will he be when he gets a jump shot? It's like, just I play the hits, I guess. Let's talk about the same stuff four games into this thing. I guess what else do you have to talk about when the Bucks, uh win 127-104? to It won by 23, and it could have been 30 had the Pistons not have a little bit of a flurry of scoring at the end. And I thought I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm 21. I've been watching the Bucks uh, for a, a good handful of years now, and this obviously this is their the, their best year of my lifetime. This is you'd argue this is one of their best years since 2001, since the 80s. And I just want to point out how fascinating and and really how amazing. And I don't like to use that word lightly because I think it's overused. How amazing the, the optics of the situation are. How amazing the situation is because a year ago two years ago or for the last couple of years, I have been deprived of quality basketball, right? What did did we have to endure? We had to endure the Jason Kidd era, which played an inefficient and ineffective style of trapping defense that gave up way more buckets than it produced. And we had to to watch him just abuse Jabari Parker to the point where it seemed as though he had sucked the very life out of his soul. And, And there were things years ago when we were in basketball purgatory with Jason Kidd and then with Joe Prunty where And this is a legitimate conversation that I had with a friend a couple of years ago saying, man, if DeAndre Liggins could just be a competent three-point shooter, he could be a piece on this Bucks team. Oh my God! That's something that came out of my mouth. Do you know who DeAndre Liggins is? Probably not. Maybe you remember him. He had a couple 10 days with the Bucs. I don't know if they signed him through the regular season. He was a, a, just, a, just a, a hound of a defender. And my brain and my mouth at one point while speaking with a friend... Said the comment, man, if DeAndre Liggins could just be a competent three-point shooter, I think he could be a piece on this Bucks team. Fast forward to now, where, good God, everybody's a competent three-pointer shooter, and everybody defends, and everybody can handle the ball, and everybody fits in their role around Giannis, and Budenholzer has been an artist in the way that he's drawn this up, and John Horst is competent to the nth degree compared to what we dealt with for the last couple of years flurry of moves including getting Nikola Mirotic and, and getting the best out of DJ Wilson and finding what we all thought might be there but wasn't sure about Sterling Brown. It in a in a couple of months we have gone from being in basketball in a torture chamber as exciting as Giannis was. Talking about DeAndre Liggins and what is his ceiling on this team to 60 wins, to four blowout wins and a first round sweep to win the first series. Uh, in in Milwaukee in Milwaukee Bucks history since 2001. That's pretty cool, and, and maybe I'm a little bit spoiled. Maybe I've gotten spoiled the last couple of months because I'm sitting on my couch last night and I'm bored. Like like it's great. I soaked it all in. I read the recaps. I watched the highlights. But during the game, ref makes a whistle. I'm like, come on, right? Some Langston Galloway, some scrub for the Pistons drains a a, a lucky bank shot three. I'm like, come on, let's just let's move this along. Please, let's move this along. So I was getting tired. I wanted to do something else, and I think that's pretty impressive in the grand scheme of things. To think that in the in the case of two years, I've gone from trying to break down DeAndre Liggins' game to getting a first round sweep, and now being favored in the second round against the Boston Celtics. I think that's pretty cool. This is the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY, uh, presented by Played Against Sports. I'm your host, Grant Bills. I hope you did enjoy last night. I hope you did get to sit down and enjoy. Uh, the Bucks winning and then sweeping the first round against Detroit. Now, the Brewers, that's a separate thing. I'm not even going to go there today. We're talking all Bucks today. Uh, we're going to be joined by Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, the fan, down in there in Milwaukee. And we're going to get his thoughts not only on the, on the Pistons series. But I, look, I don't think there's a whole lot of discussion to be had. They stink. They're not as good as the Bucks, and they got swept. I, I more so want to talk about them winning their first series and what that means. And then, of course, looking forward to Boston as well. He'll join me on the five-star telecom talking text line. At 5.30, you can do the same if you want to talk bucks 6.08, 796 2558 And we'll start to look at, uh, look at Boston a little bit towards the end of the show. Uh, we'll do some more digging throughout the week, but that's all on the way. We're soaking in the Bucks win today. And I'm going to have a lot more fun sitting here for an hour uh, than I actually did sitting and, and, and watching the game last night because there actually were times where it was painful. And I think that now that the Bucks have won 60 games, that maybe checks my privilege, checks my attitude, checks the fact that I'm spoiled. I don't know how, as a Milwaukee Bucks fan, uh, I have become spoiled in the course of only a couple of months. It's a crazy world. It's been a crazy season uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, that's for sure. As impressive as this opening series was, the Bucks winning by margins of 35 and 21, 16, 23 last night, and and I said uh, that it easily could have been 30 had had the Pistons not had a, a flurry of buckets at the end. Up until last night, I, I thought there was one thing that was missing. There was one box that had yet to be checked. Maybe not for Bucks fans like you and me who watch all the games and read the articles, watch the highlights, but for the NBA landscape as a whole. The Milwaukee Detroit series up until last night was missing something. There was a box that had not been checked, a T that had not been crossed. And last night, it happened. Let's talk about that. Coming up next, this is the Wisco Sports Show, presented by Played Again Sports right here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY presented by Play It Again Sports. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out. We're talking Milwaukee Bucks. They winning their first playoff series since 2001. I don't remember. What age do, and I mean this sincerely because I'm not super educated on this topic. What age do uh, young children, do babies, do toddlers learn to walk? I, I, I I literally could not tell you. 2001, I'm not sure if I was even walking yet. I was just turning three? I was just turning two? Like, kids can walk at that age, right? Let's just say that. I had just began to uh, to stumble. I was a toddler uh, the last time the Bucks won a playoff series. So it has been, uh, well, I've never gotten to experience it. Last night was pretty cool, and, and we heard from Coach Bud to open the show about what this means for the city of Milwaukee. Look, last night's game in and of itself didn't mean a whole lot. I knew they were going to sweep. Everybody knew they were going to sweep. 127-104, the final score. And we talked about that on the show yesterday. I I don't know if I've ever been as confident about the result of a game or a contest ever here on the Wisco Sports Show as I was yesterday. I just They're going to win tonight. Enjoy it. Kick back. I, enjoy it uh, because it is meaningful and because it, it's going to feel great. It's going to feel like a monkey lifted off the back of the Bucks and, and Bucks fans, and that's exactly what it was. Knew what was going to happen. Last night's game in and of itself didn't mean a whole lot. Uh, the sweep moving on to, to see Boston here in a couple of days. They get a little bit of extra rest. A lot of takeaways, last night's game individually, I don't think, I don't know if I'll remember it, details from the game, but but I feel like the fourth game into the series, there was one box that had yet to be checked. The Bucks had won by margins, like I said, of 35, 21, and 16 going into tonight. Like, the Bucs had proven they're a better team than Detroit. I don't know if that needed to be proved, but they had proved it over the course of three games. But yet, I felt like there was one thing that was missing, one thing that we hadn't seen yet, and that was Giannis absolutely taking over and dominating. Having a Giannis game, right? Now, he had 41 points last night. Now, as Bucs fans who watch all the games and, and probably do a little reading and listen to shows like this one or Mornings with David and Scrady or Bill Michaels in the afternoon, shows and personalities and and commentators that are geared toward the Bucs who watch the games, right? We know that Giannis' impact goes beyond scoring. That's why when people make the argument for Harden versus Giannis, Bucks fans are very leery to put too much stock into scoring. I would say bigger, more broad-picture NBA fans put a lot more emphasis on scoring. Look, after a game where Giannis has 24, 14, and 8, let's say— I'm a lot more willing to say, wow, what a game, than probably a, a a casual fan or a fan of another team would, just because 24 points isn't a lot, right? 27 points is, is okay. Last night, 41. You, you can't deny that. You can't look at that and say, Giannis took over. Giannis dominated. Giannis was unstoppable. 41 points speaks for itself. He didn't have a double-double last night. He only had nine rebounds. Only had three assists. He's had more diverse stat lines. He had He's had more full stat lines but nothing in the postseason like 41 points. That's what we were missing, is that signature Giannis game. He had a couple of just classic Giannis dunks, putting Thon Maker on a poster more than once, both in transition and in the half court, just unassisted. Just back and bully somebody down. You saw that. That's classic Giannis. He had four blocks last night, and it got to the point where, and I believe the commentators on TNT said as such, I can't remember for sure, but I definitely had this thought, and I saw people tweeting about it as well. Why do you try to put a weak layup up in transition, knowing that Giannis is behind you? Like the, the man's got six, seven, eight foot long arms, a huge wingspan. How do you think that's going to end? Why, why is that? A, why is that a legitimate strategy that that opposing players are trying? I'll just I'll just softly set it up off glass with my left hand. No, it's it's going to be swatted. It will be swatted. Giannis had four blocks last night, including. Pounding, uh, I believe it was an ish Smith floater, basically into Middle Earth. Uh, He he swatted it down, and the reaction of some Detroit fans that the camera caught on TNT was priceless. Giannis had his signature game last night. I believe his first true playoff signature game. He's had good games before, but nothing like this, nothing like 41 points and a win. You keep in mind, and if you didn't watch the game in detail last night, or maybe just read a recap, maybe just tuned in for the end, or maybe you only saw the beginning. Detroit was leading in the third and was looking very comfortable and looking like, hey, maybe they're just they're just gonna stay hot enough long enough and keep the Bucks off balance long enough to steal a game and, and force this thing back to Milwaukee for game five. It was looking like that. Now, I still didn't think the Pistons were gonna win, but it it showed some characteristics. It showed that maybe that's possible. You gotta keep in mind Detroit was leading in the third quarter, and then what happened? The Bucks went on a forty-five. To 10 run. 45 to 10. And we've talked before, not only about the Bucs on this show, but other teams. We we said this about UWL basketball. We said this about the Brewers last year. We've said this about a lot of different teams that we cover on the Wisco Sports Show. Great teams adapt. Great teams react and respond. Those are my two, two of my favorite words when talking about sports teams, when talking about performances. Reacting and responding. Because you're gonna go through adversity. Now, it might be a loss. It might be a two-game losing streak. Or it might be on a much smaller scale, right? On uh, uh, on a on a Detroit goes on an 8-to-1 run or a 10-to-1 run. How do you react and respond to that? You have a bad quarter. How do you react and respond to that? You have a bad game. You have a bad half. The Bucs had, I, I think, just about as bad of a half as you can have when you're that much better of a team and you're that much better than Detroit. Trailing in the third quarter, they come out of halftime ready to go. They react to Coach Budenholzer, and they respond and, and go along with his game plan and his adjustments, and they go on a 45-10 to 10 run, most of which was spearheaded by Giannis. Most of which. Like I said, Giannis had 41 points last night. In the first half, he had 17, and he was 4 of 8 from the free throw line, just to put that into perspective. In the third quarter alone, Giannis had 16 and was 8 of 9 from the free throw line. As your best player goes, often your team follows suit, right? Giannis came out, dialed in, ready to react to what had happened, ready to respond and go along with what Coach Budenholzer had said and drawn up at halftime. And your best player almost matches uh, his total from the first half in the third quarter alone, and a much better performance from the free throw line, only missing 1 out of 9 attempts after only shooting 50% in the first half. That's uh, what made Giannis's game great last night. That's what made his 41 points more than just 41 points, but uh, more so made him the heart and the soul and the driving force to the Bucks turning the corner and running away with this thing last night in the third. Just look at the best player, which is Giannis, and it's it's cut and dry uh, at this point. It, you like look at Oklahoma City, right? Russell Westbrook is I, I don't know if he's better than Paul George. That's up for debate. Gets a lot of points, gets a lot of stats, fills up a stat sheet, just like Giannis did last night with 41. But does it lead to to greater overall team success? Does it lead to runs from his own team when he gets hot? Not always. Giannis last night, tallies up 16 in the third alone, almost matching his total from the first half and is excellent from the free throw line and his team followed suit with a 45 to 10 run. 608-796-2558, that's the five-star telecom talking text line. If you have a thought, uh, you want to share it, my dad... (laughs) My dad had to text in. He said, you walked at one. At three, you were just annoying. That's uh, that's funny. See, and that's, hey, look, I was three years old. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll give him, yes, good comment. I, at three years old, I didn't know. I, I've i never had children before. I don't pay attention to kids and how old they are. When they walk, when they talk, I don't know anything. So yeah, I was walking at three. I was walking when the Bucks won their last playoff series. Thanks. Thank you, dad, for, uh, for the much needed context. You can join me there as well we're we're starting to talk about Boston, we're starting to think about Boston and, and how they match up with the Bucks and then these teams are in two different places obviously. I I talked when the the playoffs started. The Celtics are worrying about a couple different things. Kyrie's f- impending free agency and and the chemistry issues between the younger players and the older players and and what's going to transpire this summer. The Bucks really aren't worried about that. Now don't get me wrong, Chris Middleton is in free in going to approach free agency as is Brooke Lopez and, and others on the squad. But they're not worrying about their best player leaving. They're not dealing with underachieving and bad chemistry and bad juice in the locker room. I think they're in a different place. Both of these teams are in a different place. And something I keep hearing in discussions and in debates about the Bucks in the playoffs, uh, and the playoffs and the Bucs versus the Celtics in the playoffs is they, they don't have the experience. The Bucs do not have the playoff experience, right? And the Celtics have a lot of minutes. Kyrie Irving obviously played in finals and now and Horford's been on playoff runs with multiple teams and, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown went to the Eastern Conference Finals one game away from the finals last year. Yeah, Boston has a lot of playoff experience and it would be easy to think that now after the Bucs won their first round series, they did something that has not been done in in most of these players playing careers. They've accomplished it, right? They're at the top of the mountain. I I don't buy into that. Here's why I think the Bucs could, I'm not saying they will, could beat the Celtics in five or six games. And I could see it happening. This team is so Damn hungry. And once again, I think it starts with Giannis. As your best player goes, for the most part, your team follows suit. This team in the regular season had 45 wins by double digits. 45! They only play 82 to put that into perspective. 45. In this series, they had wins of 35, 21, 16, and 23. And maybe this this hunger from this team, this locked and loaded intensity on every single moment of every single game, maybe that is only going to be the case in 2019. And when they try to run it back next year, however far they get, it will be different. That, that's fine. I'll, I'll give you that. But right now, whatever Coach Budenholzer is cooking up has these players like, like bulls ready to bust out into a rodeo with someone on their back every moment of every game. This team is Hungry. I just, I don't think the Celtics, I don't think the Celtics beat this team. They could. Like, I'm not predicting this series, but I don't think they will. I could I could honestly see the Bucs winning this in five or six. And we're going to talk about that more throughout the rest of the week. We don't need to get into predictions or, or anything that like uh, right now. This team is unbelievably hungry. 45 wins by double digits in the regular season. Four more to start the postseason. 35, 21, 16, 23. I know they don't have a lot of playoff experience. I, I don't I don't think it matters. I think they have enough. They have a couple of veterans strategically placed uh, throughout the their ranks, right? Some on the bench, uh, some in the starting lineup as well who have a little bit of experience. Not a ton, but a little bit. I, I just think the hunger, I think the intensity, I think the drive overtakes it. And it's something that you can quantitatively see. It's not like, well, watch the Bucks. You can just tell. No, th- there are numbers on paper, a bunch of different numbers to back it up. Lots of numbers to back it up. When we come back, we're going to talk to Bart Winkler, 105.7 uh, FM, the fan. He is the co-host of uh, Chuck and Winkler, 6-10. to That's the uh, Bill Michaels flagship station. Of course, you hear Bill here on WKTY in the afternoon. They have obviously been following the Bucks as close as anyone. We're going to talk to him coming up about what this series means, about what that win meant last night. And also, we're going to peek ahead to the Boston series as well, because... How could you not? That's everyone's focus. Now, Bart Winkler on the way next. Continue right here. Uh, This is the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. The Celtics
1: last year and the Celtics all year, they're supposed to be the team. They're supposed to be the 60-win team. We're not supposed to be here. Everybody hates us because they ain't us, Chuck. It's supposed to be them. Mm -hmm. But... It's us. And if they win, if Boston wins, they all win. All the pundits win. All the the NBA fans that have watched maybe nine total Giannis highlights and can't pronounce his name yet and think Harden should be the MVP because they never bother to watch the Bucs. Those people win if the Celtics win. It is us against the world. And I don't just want this for the Bucs. I want this. For the city of Milwaukee. Well, here's the deal.
0: That's Bart Winkler. He is joining us now on the five star telecom talk and text line. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. And Bart, I knew I was going to have you on today. So I thought I'd, I'd listen to a little bit of your show this morning. I was cheating on our morning guys, Dave and Scrady. And I thought, well, I'll see what they're talking about. And I heard that and I was like, I want to talk about that because I feel like I personally identify too much at times with my sports teams. And I agreed with every word you said. Bart, how are you doing today?
1: Good, man. I'm ready for the Bucks to beat up on Boston and
0: prove this whole world wrong, Grant. I, I loved the passion because I feel a lot of times, like when the Brewers were playing the Dodgers, I'm sitting there uh, during Game 7, and, and I'm probably drinking too much with my friends who I'm watching it with, and I just feel like yeah. a victim. Like, why can't the sports world—I'm not even going to bring religion into this— why can the sports world never let the little guy win for once and just prove— the talking heads wrong and make them sit down and watch a team they don't want to watch. So I definitely feel where you're coming from. I've definitely felt that way before. You know, I think
1: that this is an interesting, like, this is the opposite of what was supposed to happen. Yeah. I think that people thought the Bucks would be a top four team. And I think that they thought, you know, we got, there's no, you have to win a first round series. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? They do it. And still, as good as it felt last night, because, you know, that hasn't happened in 18 years, um, there's still a lot of work to be done. And it's the Bucks that are the one seed, though. At the beginning of the year, you would have said, well, Boston, they've got all the talent, they'll figure it out, they'll win 60 games, they'll be the one seed, they'll home court throughout the playoffs, and then they'll face like a team like Milwaukee is four. And it's the opposite that's happened yet because, and I don't know why I'm just trying to play psychiatrist here, because people still want their original thing to be true, you know, you're going you're gonna to try to talk yourself in, at least these national guys talk themselves in, to thinking that Boston should win. And then that spills into Wisconsin, where we kind of start to feel that as well. I, I just think that, you know, the Bucks should win this series against Boston. They're the better team. Uh, a caller put it really good on our show today. He said, even with Giannis, Maybe the Celtics are better one through five than the Bucks are, but one through seven, one through eight, one through ten, one through twelve, the Bucs are better. The Bucks bench is way better. There's going to be guys that have been contributors all season, even just this last week, that are going to be scratching for minutes because they're so good, and you're going to be like, Pat Connaughton only played five minutes. Erson only played five minutes, especially when Brogdon comes back. Dylan Brown only played 12 minutes. This Bucks team is so deep. They've got the best player in the series. They've got the best player in the whole East. They're the number one seed for a reason, and they didn't get there by accident. They got there by dominating teams throughout the regular season, which somehow, Grant, has become a bad thing and a talking point that regular season doesn't matter. The Bucks wasted all that energy winning 60 wins. All of that, whatever, it's outside noise on the basketball court. The Bucks have the better team. They absolutely should be winning this series.
0: Well, and I'm just comparing first-round performances here because the Bucs and the Celtics both did sweep. Right, so so naturally everybody is comparing. Well, who looked like they are ready to win the next round? Because that's all we have to go off is the first four games. And I'm hearing people: if you want to talk about how Boston is is going to beat the Bucks, fine. But the argument that I will not listen to is that that four game sweep is supposed to now make the Celtics they're back. They are now what we thought. They beat the Pacers four times, only once by double digits, and they didn't have Victor Oladipo. If Oladipo would have been in that series. The Pacers could have won three or four of those games. Like, I, I do. People not watch the games, Bart? Because I watched all four of those games, and I was in disbelief that others watched those games and turned it into they fixed their chemistry issues. The Celtics are now who they thought they were, and they're not. They're going to win the whole thing. Like, I two and two did not add up for me. I, I have issue with anybody who got that conclusion from those four games.
1: The beauty about America in 2019 is that you can make your mind up first and then uh, twist your argument, twist the facts to to go with your argument. So when you see the Celtics beating the Pacers four times, you can say, well, you know, the Celtics got past a team that doesn't really have a shooter because, you know, let's you count Wesley Matthews uh, or Darren Collison, but they lost their best guy. You could, if you want, say hey, it was a hard-fought series in the East. The Celtics, you know, they had performances out of their guys. They got it going. They're back. They're back. You could do that. Just like with the Bucs, you could say you could ignore the truth, which is they had no problem against the team that made the playoffs because the Bucks are the better team, and the Bucks are that dominant. You can say, ah, Detroit, they're no good. The Bucks, they should have been winning those games by 30 points. They probably actually should have won by 50 You can just twist arguments any way that you want now in America with no repercussion. And that's what's happening in this series. So, at least in sports, at least in sports, you can get a definitive answer one way or the other. The beauty of this is these two teams are going to play. And there's going to be, you know, with this whole rest between games four and game one, there's going to be a lot of time to sort of talk about it and go through all the angles. It's going to be almost like an NFL week where you have all that time to build up to the actual, at least, first game. The beauty is you'll be able to see it on the court and see which one of these narratives are actually correct. Again, the Bucs should win this series. If they don't, I st- and, and the Celtics are a good team. I'm not taking that away from them. I just think that I don't look at the series and think the Celtics are no good. They have no business being with the Bucs. They're not a good team. I look at it as... The Bucks are just this good and it's it's not been true in so long that it's still hard for some people to think that it's true. The Bucks are every bit as good as advertised, if not better. They absolutely should be the ones that win this series.
0: No, and I agree. This is Bart Winkler from 1057 FM the fan over in Milwaukee, he hosts uh, Chuck and Winkler in the mornings, also a UWL grad. He uh, just has just about everything going for him. Bart, I, I want to share with you what I said to start the show and, and the meaning of last night's game. Look, I'm only, I'm 21. I, I'm not going to act like I've toiled for 40 years for a season like this. But the, after the last couple of years with Jason Kidd, like like this is a sweet relief. And I'm talking uh, with my listeners about how three years ago, I'm listening to Bill or, or, or whatever show it was. And having a conversation about how, well, if only DeAndre Liggins could just shoot a three okay, he could be a real <laughs> player on this Bucks team to fast forward to this year where there's not a player on this roster who's not a good three-point shooter top to bottom. Like, Can you just talk about what has come through with John Horst and with Mike Budenholzer and what a dramatic change this has been in a franchise the last three years? What does this mean to you and what is, has this meant to, to everyone down in Milwaukee?
1: You know, I think that I think last night um, I, you saw something that happened for the first time in 18 years, and I was asking people on Twitter where they were 18 years ago, and yeah, so you were a young man, and one kid tweeted back to me and said, "I wasn't born, I wasn't alive," and that just puts into context like that guy grew up, and so did you as Bucks fans for reasons that I, I mean, I don't why they were they've been <laughs> bad for so long. You know, I remember getting jacked up about brandon jennings being drafted i remember you know going through all those years where e g on leon was supposed to be the savior and joe alexander and there's been so many different iterations of them trying to do something since 2001 and really when you look back at it uh it's remarkable that they even are allowed to play in the nba after how bad they've been for two decades they obviously had a franchise altering draft with Giannis. I mean, that changed the whole course of everything. But over the last few years, they've been able to build a very good team around him. They hit on some second round picks like Malcolm Brogdon and Sterling Brown. They've got that good chemistry between Chris Middleton and Giannis. They jettisoned Jabari Parker, even though I was a guy that wanted to see him continue to be here. They made they made the right decision and jettisoned him and let him go for nothing because addition by subtraction, I guess. Eric Bledsoe, a guy who last year in Phoenix, tweeted his way that I don't like being here. I don't want to be here. He's on the worst team in the league. He magically gets traded, and now he's on the best team in the league, and he's a big role player or a big contributor, could have been an all-star. And even since last year, I mean, another reason I think the Bucs are going to be so good in this series is their bench. When you look at how deep they are, you've got guys this year like Nico Miritich and Pat Connaughton, these guys are exponentially better than Jason Terry and Matthew Della Vadova. You've just got a much better core of what you're working with. So you can look at last year's series. You can look at the last 18 years. It's been a long, long way to get to just another playoff series. win. it's finals or busts for me. I mean, it absolutely is. But, I mean, I got a little emotional last night. You saw something that you haven't seen in 18 years, and some Bucks fans – don't even remember ever seeing. But your team win a playoff series, and it hasn't happened for 18 years, and that's absurd. And the good thing is that they should have a couple, at least a couple more
0: in them. It's pretty remarkable, Bart, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I will ask you, we watched the Brewers do something very similar to this. Uh, just a couple of months ago in the city, rallying around them and, and obviously the, the lots at Miller Park being filled. Like I was seeing footage and videos last night of the, the area down around form. Like I what's it like down there right now? How 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 jacked for lack of a better term is Milwaukee? And what's it gonna be like should they uh have success against Boston and move on? Do I need to get down to a game? Is this something that that I just shouldn't be allow myself to miss?
1: Yeah, I would I mean I would try. I know it's a hike, but I would I would try at some point. I think that the way that when your sports teams are good, especially in the city, and you know, when I lived in lacrosse that's something that I did miss is just being able to go to Miller Park whenever I wanted yeah. and go to then the Bradley Center whenever you wanted. And if you left the game early, it's fine because you can come back the next day. There is something to be said for that team in your city being good, and you can almost like feel it in the air. And I think with the Brewers, they got to a point where that's all the city was. But it also extended, I think, throughout the state pretty good, and I think that the whole kind of state felt it, just like you would with the Packers. Uh, with the Bucs, I think this first round was such like a it was so obvious that the bucks were going to win. It yeah. was so, like And now I think that we're into the second round. Uh, I don't know you know what it's going to be like on the western side of the state or whatever, but you will start to I mean I'm sure you've already start to notice more people talking bucks more people wearing Bucks gear, and it's only going to get bigger the further this goes. This second round, this this is going to be... There's more chances in the NBA to go through these series. So this second round could eventually feel like what Brewers-Dodgers did, and then you're going to have another series on top of that, and then another series Uh. on top of that if you get to the finals, which is going to be unbelievable and almost unimaginable to think. So it definitely is taking over the city. It's not to the point yet where, like, you are sitting at a bus stop and there's a 90-year-old lady, and she turns to you and says, did you see Christian Yelich last night? <laughs> it's not to the point that with the Bucks, but it'll get there, especially especially if they win. I mean, it's close, but yeah. especially if they win the series. This town is going to be on top of itself.
0: That piston series—it was just a given. You just knew. I feel like the playoffs for the Bucks really start this upcoming weekend. Bart, I appreciate a couple of minutes. You enjoy uh, talking about the Bucks and enjoying everything about this team uh, down in Milwaukee. I hope to talk to you again soon and come visit Lacrosse sometime. Come back to your come back to your roots. You are an Eagle inside. Well, it's been two years since I've been out there. That's too long. Been in its own right. I know. I'll be back soon. All right, Bart, thanks for talking to us. I hope to speak again soon. See you, bud. Yeah, that's Bart Winkler. Uh, morning host on The Fan in Milwaukee, 105.7 FM, The Fan, uh, Chuck and Winkler. It does not feel real. like the, When when Bart started talking about if the Bucks do beat the Celtics, and it is more than a strong possibility, then they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel as though as an NBA fan that there are two seasons, or there have been two seasons, at least for the Bucs and at least since 2001, where you watch the Bucs in the regular season, you watch them in the first round, and then they lose, and then you sit back and you enjoy the big boppers, the big cities, the big market teams, and it's almost like two seasons in one. Obviously, the second half much shorter than the first. To think that the Bucs could be a part of that May and June portion of my NBA fandom is is almost, it doesn't feel real. And hopefully as the Bucks win more games, and I do hope they advance all the way until that point, I, I I, can't even begin to wrap my mind around it right now. So let's let's stick with what's in front of us. Let's talk Celtics-Bucs. Let's, let's get our first couple of thoughts out of the way uh, as the first round, or the second round, I should say, is now on paper, and it's legit, and it's happening. We knew it was going to happen, but okay, now it's it's officially happening. We know. Let's talk about it next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. The show is always presented by Played Again Sports. I'm having fun today because as awkwardly uncomfortable and frustrated as I was with the slow pace... And the ugly refereeing and just the obnoxious play from the Pistons last night. As much as I at times did not enjoy watching the game, I am I am loving basking in this Bucks win. And like I said at the end of our conversation with Bart from the fan, thanks again for joining us. I it feels surreal the thought of the Bucs being a part of a portion of the NBA season that I have always reserved in my mind as a fan for teams that aren't mine. I love sitting down and watching the second round, and the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, and the NBA Finals. I look forward to that more than the Super Bowl. I look more than that to the World Series. I look forward to that more than anything. The NBA is my favorite sport, and to think that my team, the Milwaukee Bucks, who have always been compartmentalized, always been split apart from that portion of the NBA season and that part of my fandom, to think that the Bucks could be a part of that is surreal, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's talk about the Celtics instead. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line. That's how you get a hold of me. That's how we can have a conversation. If you want to do so, you have a couple of minutes to slide in if you want to. I We're talking about the Celtics because I don't want to get ahead of myself thinking about this real second and third round. And differences from last year. I was watching a network show earlier today talking about how The Celtics are going to have the coaching advantage and they're going to have the best closer. They're going to have the clutch player. They're going to have Kyrie Irving. And I like that, that, that's not wrong. I don't think there's any lies there. Kyrie is probably the best closer. And Brad Stevens probably is the best coach. I I just think these two teams are in completely different places from last year. Last year, the Celtics were playing with house money. They had extended probably much farther than people expected, given that the Bucs took them seven games. They were without Kyrie Irving. They were without Gordon Hayward. They were without everyone. And just making it as far as they did was satisfaction in and of itself. So I do think there was a portion of them that was playing with house money, that, that were playing that even if we don't make it to the finals, this was a success. This year is different. It is finals or bust because Kyrie Irving, he might leave because he's going to be a free agent. And then Gordon Hayward, man, he got hurt and it, he's been unplayable at stretches, but Brad Stevens is stuck by him. And you know, all these young players, they want theirs. And, and there's chemistry issues and then there's teammate issues. It's a complete switch from last year. The Bucks last year. It was like you draw the Celtics; they're without their best players. You got to win. If you can't win a first round series this year, screw it. You're never going to. Last year was frustrating. Then they get a new coach. They continue with their new GM. They rebuild their roster. Think of all the differences. Coach Budenholzer has put in a system that is completely unparalleled by anything I've seen in the in the the Bucks realm in my lifetime. Giannis is a different player. As excellent as he was last year, he's going to win the MVP. Brook Lopez is is another three point shooter. Think that. The Bucks. who was even their starting center in the playoffs last year? Is it horrible that I don't even know? Was it Thon Maker? Who, did they, who the hell did they start at the five? I don't even remember. They added Brooke Lopez, who can shoot and can protect the rim. They added Nikola Mirotic. Eric Bledsoe, at least up until this point in the playoffs, is a different player. And then they added George Hill. They added Ersan Ilyasova, who were both incredibly seasoned veterans. I was watching a national show the other day that was describing the Sixers' issues and stemming partially because guys like Ursan Ilyasova who were brought in on buyouts last year were gone. They didn't have those veterans, those journeymen who kind of grounded that second unit and now the Bucks get to boast that depth in their second unit. And Pau Gasol is on the bench as well. Now, he's not going to probably provide anything on the court. I hope it doesn't come to that. But to have that, that I don't know, personality, uh, that brain to be able to pick on the bench can't be undervalued. The Celtics roster with with or without Kyrie is, is by and large the same. They have Gordon Hayward back, but he's not the superstar level player he was two years ago. He he looks to be getting back on track to that direction, but Kyrie Irving's the closer. Kyrie Irving is cr- is clutch, but if the Bucks continue to win by the margins that they are, and, and they had 45 double-digit wins, and they won against the Pistons 35, 21, 16, 23, is it going to matter? Like, the Bucs are so hungry, and they are so determined and so driven, and that's not me being a fan. That's not me using my eyeballs. That's me reading the numbers. That's me reading the box scores and the stat sheet. It's nice to have a closer. It's nice to have a clutch player, but when Giannis is that much better than Kyrie, and I believe that he is, and when the Bucs are that much better position in and position out than the Bucs, I I disagree with Bart. I I think the Bucs' starting lineup is better than the Celtics. With Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. And Brook Lopez. And I don't know who the the, the Celtics are going to start at center, whether they give Aaron Baines run or Al Horford. I, they're as close to as evenly matched, if not advantaged, over the Celtics. And I think they're a deeper team as well. I think the Bucs could win this in five or six. I really do. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I'm not picking them. Maybe we'll get to that later this week. But I'm just saying. Don't listen to what the outside noise tells you. This Bucks team is really damn good. And outside of the stats, outside of the wins and losses, there's a lot more details behind the scenes uh, to indicate that this Bucks team could, could make a huge run. So we'll sit back and wait. Uh, same time, same place. We'll be back tomorrow for another Wisco Sports Show. Brewers pregame starts in about 10 minutes. Hang around uh, as they take on the Cardinals in game two. I'll talk to you tomorrow.